I would like to do is I would like to open up in prayer if you'll join me. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to just stand up here and preach your word, Father. Lord, I pray that hearts would be open to receive, that ears would be open to hear, Lord, that my words would fall away, but that your words would pierce hearts in this moment, God. So God, just use me. Your will be done this morning. And we thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, if you love God, can you say amen? Amen. amen. Well, this month we are starting a new series. We're in the month of February, so how many know what's coming up? Men, this is a test. <laughs> Valentine's Day is coming up, right? For those that didn't know, it's not tomorrow, but it's the next week. So we are starting a series called The Month of Love. And uh, for, for the men, I'm just going to go ahead and advise you. Go ahead and go to the stores. Go ahead and get the cards. Um, I don't think there's anything funnier. I don't know about you women. Maybe you'll agree with me. I don't think there's anything funnier than going to like a Target or a Walmart the night before or the morning of Valentine's Day, right? Yeah, because it's just men just like cluelessly picking stuff up. It's like you get your card and it's like, Grandma, I love you so much. <laughs> Thanks, honey. I really appreciate it, right? Or you get the flowers that you know that they paid triple the amount for. Yeah, and you're like, let me just tell you, I'm going to just bring you in on a secret. Just get them Chick-fil-A. Like, forget the flowers. I know Alex knows. Like, just bring me food. I, I know it's coming out of our bank account. Please don't play, pay triple the price for some flowers that have been picked over. But because we are in the month of love, that is what we are teaching about here at Three Oaks. And so I thought through how I wanted to kick off this series. And uh, I thought there's no better way. I was reading through the book of John, and I was like, there's no better way than to talk about how Jesus chose to love each and every one of us anyways, right? And how in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our brokenness, in the middle of our sin, he met us right where we were, and he picked us up, and he chose us, right? And he said, hey, I love you anyway. But here's the catch. Now he looks at us and says, hey, now it's your turn. It's your turn to love the people around you anyway, right? In the middle of their mess, in the middle of their hurt, it's your turn to love them anyways. And so that's what we're going to look at today. And so if you don't know already, the title of this message is Love Them Anyway. And we're going to be reading in the book of John. And uh, I, I, this is probably my favorite book of the Bible, so it's no question that that's where I'd be teaching out of today. But we're going to look at John chapter 13. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. I know it's house tradition to stand up, so if you would join me and stand while we read the word. We're looking at John 13, verses 1 through 11. And it says this. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I love that part. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and he was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that he had wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. And I just wanted to stop here 
and just think, like, how many peers we have in the house? Like, Jesus, you will never wash my feet, right? Like, you are the Savior of the world, and for you to get on your knees and to wash me, like, I'm dirty. This is a dirty job, and you're the Savior, right? And I just have to think I'd be Peter in that moment, like, Jesus, you cannot wash my feet. And I love what Jesus said, because he answered him. He said, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. And that was why he said, not all of you are clean. You can be seated in the house. Not all of you are clean. So I think a lot of times we can, um, we can relate to Peter in this story, right? Like, Lord, you're too good. You cannot, let me wash your feet, you know? I can't show you my mess. I can't show you everything that I'm going through. Let me just tell you, he already knows. And he loves you anyway. And so this scripture, man, it wrecked me when I was reading through it. But not just for that reason, but because I think not only can we look like Peter in this story, but we also have to realize and understand that we were once Judas in this story, that even in our sin, even though we were going to betray Jesus at some point, that he chose to wash Judas's feet anyways. And so in the house, I don't know if maybe you're struggling to feel like you belong or you're struggling to feel like you're loved but I just am here to tell you that there's a father that loves you so much that in the middle of your mess, he chooses to get down on his feet and to walk on his knees and to wash your feet and to choose to love you. And today, what I want to dig into, they're going to kill me because it's my fault that, that that noise is going. I'm sorry, Paul. There we go. But today, what I want to dig into is how we are called as believers to love the people around us, Okay. I want to talk about how we're going to love when it's hard. We're going to choose to love because that's what Jesus tells us and commissions us to do. So we see that Jesus not only had dinner with him, right? He not only had dinner with people that were going to betray him, and they were his closest friends, but he also washed his feet. And I thought about my life, and I was like, you know what, Lord? There's people that have hurt me. There's people that have betrayed me. And I've forgiven them, but do not ask me to get dinner with them. I don't know about you, but like, do not ask me. And, you know, he's going to tell you to go to, like, the nicest restaurant. And you know Jesus is going to be like, hey, and you're going to pay the bill, right? You're like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. If we're going to be honest, I don't know if I could do that. And Jesus is like, hey, you're going to love like that. And then you're also going to wash their feet. Yeah, that's, that's what I did. And now it's your turn. And so it kind, of, uh, it kind of wrecks us a little bit, right, when we read this scripture. And a lot of us could probably think, well, that's Jesus, you know. Of course he loves that way. Of course he sacrifices that way. Of course he loves unconditionally. But I'm here to uh, tell you that it's, it's our turn. So if we keep reading John 13, 12 through 17, it says... When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is no greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So we see that Jesus has commissioned us to love this way, to sacrifice this way, right? And I love this about Jesus because he doesn't just say, hey, you go ahead and love people like this. No, he led by example. He led by example. The Savior of the world got down on his knees, and he knew that he was ultimately on his way to the cross because of the, the person that he's washing the feet of, right? Ultimately, this person was going to be the reason that he was going to be crucified, right? He was going to sell him out, and he loved him anyways. And I think about that in my life, and I think, you know what, Lord? I've got some work to do. I've got some work to do in my heart. Because no one's betrayed me like that, and still I don't love half as well. And we can't use the excuse that, well, that's Jesus. No, he's called you to love that way. And he's called me to love that way. And I just want you to imagine with me for a second what the world would look like if the church loved a little bit more like Jesus. See, Jesus commissioned us to love this way. See, we also learned that the disciples, we learn in Luke, that they wanted a position in heaven, right? The disciples wanted a position in heaven. And I love this because I think in this story, Jesus is teaching them, like, first represent heaven on earth. I know you want a position in heaven, right? But first, are you representing heaven on earth? Are you showing heavenly love, right? In everything that you do. I know that you want a position in heaven, but how are you bringing heaven to earth? And when you think about the weight of that question, right? How are you representing heaven on earth? Man, it just stirred me up. Made me emotional. Been through all of the, the stages. But today I want to remind you that we are called to love. And sure, we do all want positions in heaven, but first let's work on making earth look a little more heaven-like, right? See, a lot of times we do want results without work. Just look at our culture, right? You don't want to make dinner. I mean, this is my story. I don't want to make dinner. I'm like, I'm going to do so good this week, right? So I'm newly married. And uh, I'm not kidding you guys. When I first got married, I, I went too way far in. Like, I was like, I'm cooking a new meal every night. We had leftovers for days. We never got through them. And now I'm like, yeah, we're going to go to Five Guys again, babe. Like, I don't want to cook, right? We want to take the easy way out. We want results without work. And we're getting the results, right? Yeah, we're getting the results, just not the ones we want. But we want results without work. And uh, it kind of sounds like this. Well, God, I want your will to be done. But not like that. God, I want you to move in my life, but... Not if it looks like that. God, I want to love the people that you've called me to love, but not them, right? I mean, can we be honest in the house? Because I know we like to come to church and act like we've got it all together and that we love people so well, right? Well, who'd you bring to church? How are we loving the people around us? Because if we genuinely believed everything that we read, right, and the, the word that we stand on, how are you representing it? See, Jesus saw the ones who were going to betray him, 
And he picked up the towel anyways, and if that doesn't just wreck you. This morning, I want to look at how we can love like Jesus, but I also want to look at why it's so important that we do. So key thought number one is this. Love isn't just a suggestion, it's our mission. Love isn't just a suggestion. He doesn't say, hey, if you feel like it, love your neighbor. If you're having a good day, if you woke up on the right side of the bed, love your neighbor. If it's convenient, love your neighbor. No, it's our mission. It is the reason that we are here. And I put in parentheses, it's a commandment, guys. That's our call, right? When we choose to represent Christ, we're saying, you know what, I'm going to love my neighbor. Not just when it's convenient, not just when it's easy, but I'm going to choose love. And I think one of the main issues that we see in how the world views Christianity, I've had conversations after conversations with people my age, that the way that the world views Christianity, it's like, well, they don't actually love well, you know? They judge well. They hate well sometimes, right? They're really good at being hypocrites. Guys, I'm talking to myself. And so what we don't realize is that when we don't wake up and choose to love like Christ loves, but we're representing Jesus, this is what happens. We go into the world and we're wearing like Jesus freak t-shirts, like we're all in, but you look just like the world. And so what does that mean? It means you're misrepresenting the cross. You're misrepresenting who Jesus is and everything that this stands for. That's how important how you love is. And so I know like a lot of people in this room are probably like, this message is not for me. I've got this down. Like, I love Jesus. You can't tell. I know you do. I love Jesus. But sometimes I struggle, right? Sometimes people are just hard to love. And sometimes it's just not convenient to love people, right? To get out of your bubble. We're going to dig into that a little bit too. But we have to understand that when we look like the world, but we put on that Jesus label, we're misrepresenting everything that he is. And that's weighty. See, I think sometimes we think just because we believe in Jesus, right, and this is our foundation, that it makes us a good person. But what about your behavior? A lot of times we think that we're probably a little too good for this message. Like, this doesn't apply to me, but I'm telling you, I'm standing here today, and it so applies to me. See, but we can choose to be a part of the problem, or we can choose to be part of the solution. There's good news. We can make the decision to love people right where they are. We can make the decision to love them anyway. We can make the decision to wash the feet of our Judas, right? Even when it's hard. Even when it's difficult. And I would go as far to say especially when it's difficult. Especially when it's difficult. Because that's what the world needs. They need to see the church being the church. They need to see the church standing on what they believe, right, and acting on it. See, I think there's many reasons we don't love people as well as we should or as well as we're called to, but the two reasons that I really think stick out to me today are this, that you've either been hurt or you're just busy. 
you've been hurt or you're just busy. Like, look, I, you don't understand my schedule. Like, I don't have time to just go into the grocery store and look for the person that's hurting that may need the message of Jesus, right? I don't have time for that. When I get out of bed and my feet hit the ground, I'm going to go to Starbucks and wait in the line for 30 minutes, but I'm already in a bad mood because my hair doesn't look the way I want it to look, and I just don't have time to spread the gospel. I don't have time to love people right where they are, right, because people are messy. Or maybe you've been hurt, and it has wrecked you, and it has caused you to build up walls. It's caused you to have anger towards other people, and so it's hindered the way that you love. And I'm here to tell you that there is a restorer in this house. There's freedom in this house. And he wants to meet with you right where you are. And he wants to love you anyway. He's already done it at the cross. And he'll do it in this moment if you allow him to. See, we get hurt and it hinders the way we love or we just get busy and we make excuses. But if we really believe what the word says just keep coming back to that. If we really believe and we stand on this truth, then we see that it's not just a suggestion, right? It's our mission. It's a commandment. We are called to love, and it's time that we loved selflessly. Why? Because he first loved us, right? While we were still sinners, while we were still a mess, he chose to love us anyways. And so maybe today we need to ask ourselves, how are we showing love to the people around us? How are we showing love to the people around us? See, anyone can love when it's convenient, but what about when it's hard? What about when they're not easy to love? What about when that person hurts you or your family? And I just want to say this really quick. I, Before I go any further in the message, I am not talking about toxic relationships, and I am not talking about abusive relationships, all right? There's a level that you have to realize you're a child of God, yeah? And if you're in an environment that doesn't allow you to be effective for the kingdom, then that's not an environment that you should stay in, okay? So just want to make that clear. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about the people that it's difficult to love, but we can do it. And what we know is that hurt people hurt people, right? We've heard it. Hurt people hurt people. But what if it's your love and your grace that you give them in that moment that breaks that chain, that breaks that pattern, that breaks that routine off of their life, that they're, they look at you and they say, how could they love me after everything that I've done to them, after everything that I've put them through? They choose to love me. Guess what? That's the best opportunity for you to say, you know what? Yeah, because I have a savior that did that for me. He loved me anyways, and he'll do that for you. There's power in the way that we love. And it leads me to my next point this morning. Number two, if people recognize Jesus in us by our love, do they see Jesus at all? I know you're probably thinking like, Michaela, your dad's letting you speak and you're going to be harsh. Yeah. Do they see Jesus in you? Do they see Jesus in me? If people recognize us by the way that we love, do they see Jesus at all? See, after he washed their feet, he gave them a new command. This is still in John 13, but we're going to look at verse 34. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. 
By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. See, if I were going to, I don't know if you're a highlighter in your Bible, but mine is definitely a mess. I always buy these pretty Bibles. I'm like, why did I do that? I didn't need that. But if I were going to highlight in my Bible some words from this scripture, I would highlight will know, and I would highlight if. See, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. They're going to know that you follow Jesus if you love. They're going to know everything that you represent if you love or you hate in that moment. So are you representing Jesus? Do they see Jesus in you because of the love that you're giving? It doesn't tell us to love after they've loved us, right? Man, that'd be convenient. That'd be good. I'd subscribe to that, right? It doesn't tell us to love people after they have loved us. No, it says love one another, period. End of sentence. Love one another. It says you must love one another. And I think the way that we handle love sometimes is kind of like how I handle the Jeep wave. And I know y'all are like, now get this girl off the stage. What is she talking about? But if you drive a Wrangler in the house, you know what that is. Uh, My husband has one. And it's, y'all, it's really stupid. I hope I can say that. It is really dumb that what these people do, right? So you're in a Wrangler, and you're, you pass another one, and you have like this little wave. I don't even do it right. And my husband's like, hey, you're going to drive the car. You got a wave, right? They're waving at you. You see them? I'm like, I get in my zone, you know? Like, I'm driving. I'm not paying attention to that. But so he went out of town, and uh, I, I was stuck with his car, which is not like I'm stuck with it. It's a nice vehicle, but mine has better gas mileage. So he took that one. And I was like, you know what? While he's gone, I'm going to try this. I'm going to wave at the people that, that pass me, right? And so I start doing the Jeep wave. And wouldn't you know, like three people did not wave back at me. And I was like, why do you do this? Like, isn't this what rejection feels like? Like, I'm a little embarrassed, right? They didn't wave at me, and what if someone saw that they didn't wave at me? Are they thinking that I'm stupid? It's because I'm a girl, right? (laughs) Yeah, so I'm thinking all these things, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to come up with a plan. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to drive, yeah, and if they wave at me, then I'll wave back. You know, if they do the Jeep wave, then I'll wave, because then I won't be embarrassed, right? I don't have to feel rejected, and I I don't have to go through this embarrassment And uh, I think a lot of times that's kind of how we deal with love. Like, you know what? Let's see if they love me first. Let's see if they are kind to me first. And then I'll respond, right? Then I'll respond. But we see that that's not how Jesus loved. He didn't love conditionally. He didn't wait to see if someone else was going to receive his love, right? He died on the cross for a maybe He died on a cross that maybe you would choose him, maybe you would follow him, maybe you would come to him and repent. He didn't wait to see if his love was going to be received. And so a lot of times I think that we do that in love. We wait to see if they're going to reciprocate it or they're going to love us back. But I want you to know that As Christians, and if you're a note taker, I'd love for you to write this down. As Christians, it's our responsibility to love first. 
And love is how we draw people into the kingdom of God. As Christians, it's our responsibility to love first. And it's also how we draw people into the kingdom of God. Remember that by your love, they will know that you're a disciple. Scripture plainly tells us that they will recognize Jesus in us by the way that we love. And I think when we understand the depth of that, we start to live a whole lot differently. You want to love your neighbor because you want to represent Jesus well, right? You want to love the person in the grocery store that's really getting on your nerves. Maybe they're like chewing their gum too loud or they're talking back to the cashier and you're just like, you're testing my patience. But then you remember like, oh, by my love, they're going to know. And please, please hear this. How we love is important because it will affect how effective you are in the kingdom of God. How you love will affect how effective you are in the kingdom of God. So number two was if people recognize Jesus in us by our love, do they see Jesus at all? This is my last point. Y'all are like, this is great. We're going to get out early. We're going to beat the lunch crowd. But I'm wrapping up. And my last point is this. Love is a prerequisite to an eternity with Jesus. Love is a prerequisite to an eternity with Jesus. See, I think a lot of times we overcomplicate the gospel, right? When's the last time that you've taken into account how you love your neighbor? When's the last time you've really thought about the way that you represent Jesus day to day? Love is a prerequisite to an eternity with Jesus. And I want to leave you with this scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. See, what do we know about the Father? Jesus tells us that you can only come to the Father through him, right? And if we read our scripture, we know that God is love. And so in order to live in direct connection with who he is, right, in order to walk in his will, in order to walk in alignment with what his word says, we have to love. Well, you don't know what they've done to me. You don't understand what they've put me through. You don't understand how busy I am. I don't have time. But what I want to get through to you today is that that's our mission, to love. And I truly, truly believe that when we as a church, and I don't mean just this church, but in general, corporate body, when we as a church learn to actually love like Jesus, man, see, I hear people all the, say, say, all the time say, I just am waiting for revival. I'm just waiting for God to move in like a big way, right? I'm ready for revival. I'm praying for it. And sometimes I want to step back and think like, don't you know he's always moving? God has never left you. He's never forsaken you. 
He is always ready to do a miracle. He's always ready to meet you right where you are. And maybe you're praying for revival, but maybe instead we need to just start loving better because then revival's gonna happen. See, are we actually living what we say we believe? We can all do better. We can all love more. And this month we have a call to action for you. And you should have got a, a pamphlet when you walked in the door, and I thought I had it. So, you know what? I'm going to just guess what it is. All right? The Spirit's going to move through me. But we have a call of action, and so I believe the first one, I'll take it. Yes, Mark. Give it to me. I mean, I think I, think I know him, but we have a call to action. The first one is choose five people to pray for this week and send them a text to uplift them with kind words. All right? starting it out easy. Choose five people to pray for this week and send them a text to uplift them with kind words. And the second one, this is a little harder. Cook dinner for your neighbor or bake them cookies and deliver it to them. All right? You might be thinking, well, how is that going to be ministering to them? You know what? Sometimes when you just surprise people with love, you don't have to shout Jesus from the rooftops, but they feel it because they know him, they know that he's living in you through your love. And so we're gonna do this together and I want before you guys get here next Sunday for these to be checked off, right? We're gonna love people better and I truly believe that if we can get this message into our spirit, then our lives will forever be transformed through his love. That while we were still sinners, he chose to die for us that even though we were going to betray him, he chose to wash Judas' feet, and he has called us to love like that. He has called us to love like that. So let's love people, and let's reach people for Jesus. So in this house, if you'll bow your head and close your eyes, maybe you're here today, and you're like, you know what, I didn't think that I needed this message, but I did. I needed the reminder to love people where they are. You know, I get really busy and maybe I'm a little self-centric sometimes and I just need to slow down and remember to choose to love like Jesus. If that's you, will you raise your hand? All right, you can put your hands down. Maybe you're in this house and you've been hurt and you've built walls that have hindered you from loving like Jesus. And like I said before, I promise you there's a God that is present in this house that wants to break those chains off of you. And so if you're in this house and you've been hurt by love and you just want to be free from that, can you raise your hand? It's awesome. You can put your hands back down. And last but not least, we never want to let a Sunday go by that we don't invite you to accept Jesus as your Savior. And so if you're in this house and you're like, you know what, everything that I've seen from Christianity, everything that I've seen from church has not been appealing. But man, to hear about a God that loves me in the middle of my mess, I know that I need to make a decision for him. And so if you're in this house and maybe you've never said yes to Jesus before, but you know that today is your day, will you raise your hand? No one looking around. 
No one looking around. Just a moment longer. All right, everybody, you can put your hands down. If you'll stand up with me. Guys, I am so glad that I get to be a part of this church because I see you guys every Sunday and I know that you love people. But I am calling you to action to love people better. To love people the way that Christ loved us in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our chaos, in the middle of our sin. Let's choose to love the people around us anyways. Let's actually be the church. And so I just want to pray, speak a prayer of blessing over you guys if you'll bow your heads. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. God, thank you for a reminder to love the way that you have called us to love, even when it's difficult or especially when it's difficult. God, thank you for loving me, for seeing me when I was broken, when I needed healing, when I needed forgiveness and for choosing to die on the cross for me anyways, to love me anyways, God. So help me be that love to the hurting people around me. Lord, I just speak over every person in this room, Lord, that you would just bind this word in their hearts, that they would leave changed and transformed because of it, Lord. We would represent you better. And we thank you for it, Jesus. In your name we pray. And everyone says, amen, amen. And guys, we always do this in the house. So we're gonna bow our heads one more time and we're just gonna pray. I want you to repeat after me the sinner's prayer. We're just going to ask Jesus to come into our hearts. If you made a commitment for Jesus today, please tell someone. Don't do it alone. My altar workers, they can come up to the front prayer team. They're here for you. Let's bind together. Let's love each other. Let's make a difference, right? So let's repeat after me. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you see me, that you've chosen me, and that you have called me. Lord, I choose you. I repent of my sins. I turn away from my past. I want to live for you. God, come into my heart and make me new. I choose you, Jesus, as my Savior right now. We thank you, Lord, that you are here and that you want to move. And it's in your name we pray. Everyone says amen. Amen. Well, you guys are.